the strain. This time, Chinese nationals are trying to enter the country illegally. Border Patrol officials noting a 900% spike in encounters. Cartels getting tens of thousands in cash to help smuggle them in, from 15,000 to 80,000. But why are they pouring into America? And what policies are being implemented? Devin Nunes back for the Devin Nunes Unplugged unfiltered, uncensored podcast promoting true social users. This week, we have Michael Yan, who's been on Truth for a while. Michael is a veteran of the United States Army Special Forces, and he has been a writer who roams around the world, looks for very interesting places to go, and always seems to be ahead of the curve and actually aids out everyone from journal other journalists to members of Congress, uh, gets them into tight places and shows them what's really going on. Michael, obviously, thank you for being on True Social, and thank you for being able, willing to come on my podcast. But you know, this week we just had that introduction on the Chinese nationals that are coming across the border, and I think we've always known that this is happening, but clearly there's a bigger effort now. But first, Mike, welcome to the show, and just tell uh, the audience just a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you've done, where and, and where you're right now, because you're coming to us from Panama City, right? Right. I'm out of the jungle uh, for the, more than the last week because uh, most of my team got sick, actually, in the jungle. I'm sending the last one home today, and then I'm going back to the jungle. You can hear in my voice, I'm still a little sick, but I'm good to go. Uh, a couple of my teammates were bedridden. We don't know what it is. Anyway, long story short, a lot of people are getting sick. A lot of the migrants coming or aliens coming through the Darien Gap are sick. Um there's uh, uh, at the at the instantaneous rate, the current rate, more than 400,000 a year are coming through at this moment. But that number is drastic, is dramatically increasing month by month, regardless of the rainy season or not, which is uh, an anomaly. This has never been like this before. Usually in the rainy season, things abate, but not these days. And a huge amount of Chinese are coming through. Uh, and interestingly, in Panama now, the Panamanian government tells me that about 11% of the people in Panama now, 1-1%, are actually new Venezuelans. Because as you know, the left-wing government of Venezuela has collapsed. Last time I was in Colombia, there was Venezuelans everywhere. My friend Chuck Holton was down there last week. He said, this Venezuelans are gone. Uh, I said, well, that's because they're here and they're up in the United States and Miami and whatnot, right? Uh, that Venezuela is just basically dumping out through Colombia, through the Darien Gap and other places. And Colombians, like last year and the year before, I didn't see many Colombians coming through the Darien Gap. And now we see them like every day. Lots. So this is going to be and Chinese. Mike, and Mike, we're going to we're going to get into all of this. Um, first, I want to thank everybody who's watching live because we are live casting this. Some of you may be listening to the audio version when this will this will post. We're we're here Friday afternoon and on and then we'll be, some of you are watching live on Rumble. So those of you who are watching live on Rumble, make sure you put your comments in the chat section and we'll try to get some of your questions to Mike, uh, you know, during the show and towards the end of the show. Uh, but Mike, let's first start, where, where were you born? Where, where do you, I, I know right now you're in Panama City, but where were you born? And, and then what did you, what, when, did you, when were you in the US, Special, US Army Special Forces? Uh, actually, I was born in Winter Haven, Florida, a great place to be born right down the road from 
America's huge phosphate industry, the big, one of the biggest in the world. It was the citrus capital of the world. It was a really an interesting place to grow up. In fact, I went to high school with Scott Helvinston. We used to work out together. He was the, the youngest Navy SEAL in history. I was one of the youngest Green Berets in history, actually, weirdly. So we this is kind of a, the, the place that we grew up was kind of kind of strange, to put it mildly. Uh, there's a lot of people like that that went off to do interesting things. And so uh, a after uh, high school, I went off to become a Green Beret and did this, that, and the other. And later on, uh, since since growing up, I've lived all over the United States. I went to language Defense Language Institute out in California, stationed in different places in America and the world. And now I've lived more than half of my life overseas. More than half of my life has been in 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 about ninety other countries. So, uh, so about more than 30 years has been we, either in Asia or uh, Europe, Spreke Deutsch. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm uh, constantly in places like this in Panama or Japan. I just left Japan. So I've written three books only in Japanese. Actually, they're written in, I wrote them in English, but they're translated to Japanese. They're only in Japanese because I've been trying to wake up the Japanese to information war. Uh, that they're the same migration issues that are plaguing us uh, uh, are are being attempted on the Japanese. So this isn't just the Darien Gap. It's not just Europe, which has really effectively been destroyed as any Europe that we would recognize. Again, I spent more than six years all over Europe. I still go there quite frequently. Uh, that place is essentially destroyed for anybody that was in, in Europe 20 years ago. That place is gone. And so we're like, talking take Luxembourg. Go, go ahead. So we're talking to Michael Jan, who you can follow at True Social, Michael Jan, 1776. And Mike, I want to, you know, first you're coming to us from Panama City right now. You're getting ready to head back into the jungle. The Darien Gap, which I want to put a map on the wall so people know where the Darien Gap is, because I think most Americans have no clue. Why would why is this important? Why is Panama important? What the hell's the Darien Gap? Because uh, most Americans haven't heard of it. They see on the local fake news, they see the wall in California or Texas. They see people caught across coming across the Rio Grande. That clearly isn't fake news. They're just, you know, I don't know, five to seven million people who have come across the border. But what's happened over the years, and Mike, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but we have a situation where there's not a whole lot of immigration coming from Mexico. There's a lot of bad guys coming from Mexico. There's a lot of drug cartels, a lot of drugs coming from Mexico itself. But what's happening is you have people from all over the globe that are coming into South America and Central America. And then they're coming up into and through Mexico up across our border. And the Darien Gap is a difficult place to be. It's a jungle. And it's somewhere that they have to get through. But I will, since you've spent so much time there, and I and I first heard about you uh, through the John Bachelor show, the John Bachelor podcast, who's a great friend uh, of of my podcast. Uh, but I heard you on the John Bachelor show many years ago, talking about the Darien Gap and other places that you had been. And you know, now you've been really ahead of the curve on this because I think it's two or three years ago you were talking about this. And I know that you had Congressman uh, Tom Tiffany from Wisconsin through there. We actually, after his trip with you to the Darien Gap, we actually had him on my old podcast that was much, a, much kinder, nicer. That was when I was still in office. Now I can say whatever the hell I want. Not that I didn't really then either. But, but anyway, <laughs> Michael, why don't you walk us through and tell us the history of the Darien Gap? 
actually Panama, you know, my friend, Matt Bracken, former Navy SEAL officer, I've taken him down here. He calls this the confluence of two hourglasses. One is the Panama Canal, which is right outside my window. And two, that's five, 5% of global trade goes through the Panama Canal. So that's obviously incredibly important, right? And it's also, we're proximate to the United States. I mean, I'm on central time zone right now, right? Uh, and, and, and I'm almost directly south of Florida, by the way. And so the, um, uh, so we're, we're, this is a very important piece of land for numerous reasons. One is global trade. Another is uh, the Darien Gap is a, a natural bio uh, border for something called screw worms. Screw worms are something that used to cost us billions of dollars in livestock, like these flesh-eating worms that eat cattle and that sort of thing. Back when the FDA was actually doing its job, it pushed these these uh, meat-eating worms down through Texas, down through Mexico, all the way through Central America, and they're holding them here at the Darien Gap. We have a facility here which irradiates billions of flies, and I, I think it dumps about 15 million a month or so, if if their website is accurate. And it, it, it irradiates the male flies, dumps them out with like crop dusters over the Darien Gap, which mate with these female flies, which lay these, um, these you know, these beasts that eat the flesh of humans as well, by the way. And uh, the, since the females only mate once in their lives, uh, if they mate with the sterilized uh, f uh, male flies, then they don't, they don't uh, make screw worms, right? Now, these screw worms, if they get back to the United States, they're going to cost us a lot of protein, right? They've already mysteriously showed up again in Key West of all places. And uh, that was a few years ago. Anyway, that's another reason why this is important. Now, another huge reason, the reason I've been coming down so much in the last few years is because we know the World Economic Forum and China have been pushing global migrations, weaponization of migration. When I say weaponization of migration, it's an old war strategy. It doesn't necessarily mean the migrants show up with weapons. Actually, usually they don't. They show up unarmed, but they're a destabilizing factor or they're armed later, right? And so that's we have a combination of that happening now in Europe and here, right? Uh, so in the United States. Now through the Darien Gap, both Afri huge amounts of Africans and Asians are coming through. They First, they go to South America. For instance, the Chinese will fly to Quito, Ecuador. They fly to Quito. The Haitians typically go to Suriname, and the Cubans used to go to Suriname because they didn't need a visa. And then from Suriname, they would go over by buses and, and whatnot, and they would get over to Colombia, and then they go through the Darien Gap. So we have people from about 140 countries, Nepal, India, you know, everywhere, just Pakistan, Yemen, Uganda, everything coming through uh, South America. And also we've got countries like Venezuela because of its left-wing government, has collapsed, and about 11% of the people in Panama now, according to the Panamanian government, are actually new Venezuelans, 11%. This is very destabilizing in a place where the economy itself is, is on shaky ground, right? And so now I see uh, the, 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 the flows from all over the world will go through South America, including South America itself, and dump right through the Darien Gap and now Secretary of Homeland Security, Alexander Mayorkas, is just down here again in April this month. I was here when he came. 
And he, he went to Darien Gap last April. I was here when he did that as well. And he's more than doubled the size of the migration flows since just one year. Interestingly, he mentioned when he came down here in a private meeting that the United States put $18 million into Panama last year, uh, over the last year, to help the flows of the aliens through Panama. $18 million, $18 million, right? Now, interestingly, a person in the Panamanian government said, Panama only got one million of that money. Where did the other seventeen million go? Right, and uh, and uh, and the Panamanian government has paid eight million dollars just to feed the aliens who are coming through. A lot of diseases are coming through. The 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 Indians that I'm out with all the time, Kuna Indians, Imbara Indians, Wunan Indians, they're getting sick a lot from the uh, from the aliens coming through. Waterborne illnesses and malaria. I had uh, dinner the other night with a good friend of mine. He's an Indian uh, mayor of 29 villages, about 11,000 Imbara and Wunan Indians. And he said that in the past, before the migration, they only had about one or two malaria cases per year. And when one of the Indians got malaria, everybody talked about it. Everybody knew so-and-so got malaria. Now, so many people get malaria. It's just like overwhelming. It's uh, it, because the migrants have brought it through, right? And so, um, and other diseases as well. So, and, and not only that, this has caused a huge uh, social disruption. It's causing uh, Indian families to to split apart because uh, many of the Indians, the Imbara, Munan, and Kuna Indians, are now involved in in human smuggling. They're making a lot of money. They're doing a lot of drugs and alcohol they used to not do before, or at least not at this level. And now their families are splitting apart because they're becoming part of this new economic ecosystem, right? So the now we've got the young Indian children who are very, very nice children. These are I'm out with these uh, in these villages all the time. And Mike, they, Michael, uh, let me ahead, let sorry. me uh, let me just because uh, I want to make sure that our that we are getting some clarity on just the location of the Darien Gap because a lot of people don't know even where it's at. So it's on that border of, it's it's actually the entire Darien Gap is in Panama, uh, right? Just north of the Colombia. It's basically the Colombian border, but inside of Panama. Is that correct? Uh, it's also on the Colombian side. They call it the Darien Gap because there's a highway from Alaska all the way to Tierra del Fuego, Highway 1. And, uh, and Highway 1 has a gap right there at Yavita. You see that red circle in the middle of the map, little tiny red circle, Yavita. That's, oh, yes. That's where Highway 1 ends. It picks up again at another little red circle called Turbo, right? And Turbo is where... For those, so of, you no, who, for those of you who, are, who can watch this, you can see those circles that, that, that we have on the screen right now. So about how far is that, uh, that distance there, Mike? Uh, about 100 kilometers straight line but in fact it's quite immense because that's between the two roadheads but but the gap itself is, is quite immense and but the whole you know it's it's treacherous jungle it's you know I, I spend years in jungles and deserts around the world this is a jungle's jungle you know there's some jungle that's more jungle than than others and this is it like this jungle is highly biologically active i mean deadly active other jungles like over in borneo and whatnot you know i spent a lot of time out there you don't get sick quite as often out there here this one will knock you dead and uh not not only that but the the uh the 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 uh the the farc and the other uh, groups out there kill and rape uh, let me talk let's talk about the rape a huge amount of rape goes on out there our government at taxpayer expense 
through the, using the OIM, they hand out these rape kits, pre-rape kits. This is a pre-rape kit from OIM, the Organization for Immigration and Migration, right? This is U.S. taxpayer money. They hand out these pre-rape kits so because they know you're going to get raped. And they give them to women and children going through. They have female condoms. They have male condoms. They have abortion pills. Yeah, this kit had four of the abortion pills in it. And uh, yeah, these are the morning after pills. Comes with this cheap flashlight. You know, I dropped it the other day on my hotel floor and it shattered, but I put it back together. This is, I wonder how much this thing costs U.S. taxpayers so that people can be raped safely. Uh, and also it comes with a with a, a whistle, which will do a lot of good out in the Darien Gap. I mean, this is the sort of stickness that our government has, right? And they willingly do this. They knowingly do it. They know the women are getting raped. Did you see the video from Oscar Blue and Ben Berkwam about five weeks ago of the rapes and whatnot in the firefight? The guy that it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, they were down here and right where I go all the time. Uh, these women came in crying. They'd just been raped. I see this every day, every day. Women so, Mike, where on the where on the map then? Um, so where do you spend most of it when you go down in the Darien Gap? Because we still have the map on the screen. So where do you because you're in I'm Panama City that, right now? And I'm I, I'm all over that thing. I, I you won't believe all the places I'm at. It would look like the Dennis the Menace Trail. I mean, I'm in I'm I'm in uh, I'm everywhere from Yavita to everywhere that circled to just, well, you'd have to come and you'd have to look at my GPS tracks. I mean, I'm out, you know, in uh, at least 30 different villages, uh, uh, if not more. Uh, I mean, I'm just and are on you the mainly, Colombian side. That's, that's what I was going to ask you. So are you, do you spend most of your time on the Panamanian side or the Colombian side or equal? Most of my side on the Panamanian side, I have been to the Colombian side. Chuck Holton was just in the Colombian side about a week ago. Uh, and again, like he said, the, um, the, the Venezuelans have dumped out. I mean, they're here and they're going up to the United States now. And now the Chinese are a huge issue, right? The Chinese are coming through in massive amounts of numbers, not just here, they're coming through Canada as well. One that we met uh, about... 13 days ago or so now we call him China Ninja because it, we met him. He had just emerged from the Darien gap. He was walking up highway one and he was very tired. He was hungry. He was itching. You know, you get these modern guy bugs as the Embraer Indians call them. They eat you alive. They're terrible. And he was itching. And uh, we talked with him for about an hour and a half. He said that he had just, uh, did you say, did you say Chai Ninja? Yeah, we call him China Ninja, <laughs> That's Ninja because okay. the Chinese, He's and he's and he's you know dressed like a ninja and he's acting tough and stuff, and uh, so we call him. He threatened Misako Ganaha, the Japanese journalist that we were with, and he actually physically threatened her. And uh, anyway, so we started calling him Chai Ninja. Actually, he contacted me last night. He's in Mexico right now. And anyway, Chai Ninja is from actually Chai China. Ninja coming to a city near you. Is he yeah, is he on we, his way? I don't I I don't want to go down uh, into a rabbit hole here, but but. Is China on its way hole. to the United States? Yes, he is. It's a very interesting rabbit hole. We should go down for at least a minute. He went over to Bahamas, he said. This would be about five or six weeks ago now. Five weeks ago, I guess. Uh, no, April 7th or April 8th, whenever that was. So less than that, a few weeks ago. He was down in Bahamas. He said he bought a boat for 
$5,000 from a Scotsman. This is checkable information I'm giving you. So he said he bought a, a boat from a Scotsman for $5,000 in, in the Bahamas. He was heading to Florida. He ran out of fuel. He was drifting in the sea. The U.S. Coast Guard picked him up. This was like 7th or 8th of April, highly checkable. He said they the U.S. Coast Guard sent him back to Bahamas. Bahamas was uh, uh, deporting him back to China, but his flight goes to Cuba. When he was in Cuba, he changed his flight to, to Quito, to Quito, Ecuador, right? Which is where most of the Chinese will go to Quito, actually. So then he went to Quito, got on a bus, went to Colombia, went to Nicocli, which you can see on that red circle on the right-hand side of that map is Nicocli. I've been there. Mm -hmm. You get on the boat, you get on the boat, you follow that red line to Caporgana, which is the other red circle there, which I've done that as well. And, uh, and, and then he went through the Darien Gap, and that's where we intercepted him, right where he came through, right? So we talked with him for about an hour and a half, itching, scratching, and, uh, and now he's in Mexico. Right? He's on his way to the United States. You can't make up this stuff. And is he, and this is going to be the question, I think, that a lot of people, and if you have questions, put them into the Rumble chat. But we've already had a couple questions like this, that whether or not, is the, is the Chinese government aware of China? Um, are they looking past it? Like, how do you even evaluate who these Chinese are? So let's take specifically, since we're down the rabbit hole with Chinese, um, is he doing this on behalf of anyone, just on his own? What's what's the background there? Or could you get it out? Well, he said he was from Hubei province, and that's on my recording. And um, and he gave me his phone number. We traced his phone number back, which you actually can do, and got his address. And it is in Hubei province, right? Now, how do these people get these... Uh, passports though and how did they get permission to leave china that's a big question that's the Recently, question we're getting just, yes yeah yeah that's an obvious question right and we're yeah. asking the obvious questions uh, recently i was at a at a at a, a a public security police station in dublin ireland that's a chinese police station right run by what's called their public security that's like their fbi i was also recently at one in london right there's one in this town in Panama City. There's one in New York City, as you saw, some people just got arrested, right? Some Chinese just got arrested running these Chinese police stations. Let me talk about this for just a moment. There's three main uh, Chinese intelligence uh, sort of wings that we should be concerned about. One is PS, public security, right? Another one is, and they administer uh, CCP law, Chinese Communist Party law, and they do kidnappings. Like I have an office in Thailand, they kidnapped people out of Thailand. This was public. They were public about it, right? Anyway, uh, they the next one is MSS, Ministry of State Security. That's like their CIA, right? MSS, Ministry of State Security. The next one is GS of the PLA. That's the General Staff of the People's Liberation Army. That's like their paramilitaries. They have a language school uh, that is teaches people how to be spies, actually, or that's part of their spy training, right? Now, the language school I went to in the military called the Defense Language Institute is not teaching you how to be a spy. It's teaching you how to be, uh, to speak the language, right? But they're, one of the things when you're learning, say, Mandarin to Italian or Mandarin to German or Mandarin to English, it's very difficult to learn it without an accent because our languages are so different, right? So if you learn like English to Mandarin after puberty, you're almost certainly not going to be able to learn it without an accent. It's extremely difficult to learn a language like that without an accent after puberty, right? But what you can do 
is learn the language to such a level that it sounds like you've been there for a very long time. So you'll be in that language school and let's say in China and you're watching Gilligan's Island and, and Bonanza and all the movies that we watch and Bruce Willis and you know all the you know you know all these little things right and and so it sounds like you've been in that country a very long time you're using the local lingo like hey bro what's going on and you know and I'm here to serve he he he's actually he came across they call that the official accent by the way it's called the official accent he clearly has the official accent i i showed this to some some people that are kind of let's say uh knowledgeable in this world and every one of them's like that guy's a spy and i'm like looks like it to me i mean he's got the official accent even you know and uh, mm -hmm. he he just happened to run into us very tired and and uh and uh, vulnerable and he he was spilling some a little too much maybe right a lot of these people yeah. coming through most of the people coming through are military age males chinese or anybody it doesn't whatever group most are military age males of the chinese these guys are not poor they're not farmers uh they're very alert you know i was in special operations i spent years in wars as a war correspondent a huge amount of my friends ecosystem is special operations guys and that sort of people. Uh, I know them when I see them, right? And a lot of these yeah. Chinese people coming through, they I feel like I'm at Fort Bragg, you know? I feel like I'm at the compound or something. So, I mean, this is, this is, you know, something's not right. We're clearly- So Mike, I wanna, so I wanna uh, stop right there because this is a good point to, we've got a couple videos and I want you to explain these videos uh, that I think you've taken, that you took or people that you're with uh, took. But we've got video number one, uh, which is a Chinese advertisement for the Darien Gap on social media. So let's let's play that clip right now. Chinese 
在到达这个墨西哥的提华纳，到达提华纳以后呢，会有蛇头联系你，开车从这个墨西卡利走路三点五个小时，穿越沙漠的无人区，帮你翻墙，让你进入到美利坚自由的阿拉伯国。Wow, that is quite an ad there. So, Michael, where did you find that ad? And obviously, what it's it, it's Obviously, I don't know much about、um, Mandarin, but it appears like they're giving kind of a、um, advertisement of how to come to the Darien Gap and then how to get to into the United States.、Uh, Doctor Li Ming Yan sent that one to me. In fact, I just messaged to her asking while, while I was watching that, asking for a cleaner version. I've been trying to get a cleaner version of that one. That's not the only one. There's others. I published another. Recently, and I just got another、uh, that she found. Actually, she just messaged. Uh, um, uh, but the、uh, the bottom line is, I've seen this stuff for years. Sometimes it's in Spanish, and it's not always just for Chinese. For instance, I was down in Colombia, and there was basically an infomercial on CNN. It was CNN.、Uh, you know, it was, it was on the hotel big screen in the restaurant, and it was like showing how to get through the Darien Gap and. And、uh, it, it's unbelievable. You know, this year I'm seeing a lot of LGBTQ uh, uh, cosplay going on that I didn't see before. Right? It, actually, just in this last trip, I'm seeing a lot. You know, like Corporal Clingers walking around the camp. I didn't see that before because you know now our government is saying you know if you're if you're LGBTQ or whatever that thing is, you're able to get a pass getting through. So now I'm starting to see these aliens. Dressed up, literally, they're doing a corporal clinger, and they see him. For, for our younger, for our younger、him. audience, for our younger audience, corporal clinger was a character in Mash. For those of you who probably don't even remember Mash, a long-running show, but corporal clinger was a guy who was who was forced to go into the military、uh, during the Korean or the, I mean the Korean, gosh, the Korean War, and. And、uh, anyway, it was a comedy, but he would dress up as a as a woman trying to get out of the out of the military and get sent home. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, what what they call Section Eight or something like that. The um uh, interestingly uh a uh, there was a board meeting the other day in Fox. I happen to know people in a lot of boards, and and I, I, I was told they were they were they were they they were somehow my name came up. And、uh, and 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 somebody said,、uh, why why would Chinese be why would Chinese spies be coming through the Darien Gap? You know, you've got a lot of people that don't know much about this sort of thing that think that they know a lot more than they do, right? And let me tell you what: one of the reasons that they come through here is because they're coming through all, many many other routes. You can't get through. You can't get everybody through. I mean, they're flying in every day, literally flying in every day. They're coming across the Canadian border. They're coming in by boat. They're coming in through Mexico first. There's people going to Cancun on vacation, getting visas, bypassing all this stuff. The people with more money, and they're starting from Cancun, right? So they're coming from Bahamas. They're coming from all over the place. But some people are coming this route for various reasons. For instance, if they don't want their face. Be to be shown at all, right?、Uh, they they may come this route, paramilitary sorts that may be from the GS, from the PLA, the General Staff of the PLA. That would be your paramilitary sorts. Of course, there will be masking people. You know what we call masking. In other words, other people coming through that literally are just 
you know, uh, the, the government let them leave because maybe they're just, uh, get rid of them, let them go through and be part of the, be part of the noise that the, that the, uh, that the actual operators get through. We are clearly being, this is a hostile takeover of the United States. This is not an inconvenience. This is not anything like that. I keep warning people, you know, th these guys that say, well, when, when the blue helmets get here, then I'll do something. Yeah. Right. By the time that happens, you're dead. Right. All that MMA stuff. You're a big tough guy. Guess what? They're going to kill you dead. They know where you live. Yeah. Well, I was able to track back that guy's address in China. They can track everything about us. Right. They know where we live. They have lawyers all over the United States. They have private investigator firms. They work for the FBI. They are the FBI. They are Homeland Security. They, we have people with Mandarin accents so thick that you can hardly understand what they're saying. And they got top secret clearances working in uh, communications offices and our embassies and whatnot. They are, we are ate up with termites. It's not like you're going to go hide somewhere. You're not going to do it. We have to close these borders and start ejecting people by the millions, right? I keep getting these messages from uh, JFK's team, you know, that he's, you know, very serious. I read his book, you know, about the real Anthony Fauci and all that great stuff. But I keep asking, what's your position on the border? State it loud and clear. Silence is a decision. I want to hear we're closing the border and we are ejecting millions, right? That's the way we need to go with this. We're in a state of war. Europe itself is dead. I mean, you wouldn't believe this place. In Luxembourg, as an example, about 50%, about 5-0% of the people in Luxembourg now are migrants. Unbelievable. You wouldn't believe the amount of crime I saw there in about the 10 or 11 days that I was there. I must have seen a dozen fights on the streets. I've never seen that before. When I went in to Luxembourg when I was uh, in special forces, it was the jewel of Europe. It was the place where you would let your kids out at two in the morning. Don't need any babysitter, let them run. Right now, you wouldn't let them out at two in the afternoon with a German shepherd. You don't want them out there on the streets. People doing drugs on the streets. Uh, an African migrant broke into a car right outside my hotel room, right in downtown, right by the train station in Luxembourg City. You know, right down the road from where Patton is buried. He's probably rolling over in his grave with the entire Third Army. So let's, is So I want to, yeah, so I want to unpack uh, this a little bit about, because we're getting a lot of questions on in the Rumble chat about the interactions that you've had with these military-aged Chinese uh, nationals. And if you could maybe break it down in terms of how many do you think are seriously there for kind of A, probably B, on behalf, sorry about that, on behalf of the Chinese um, uh, military um, or government, uh, two, those that are just kind of escaping, or maybe three, they're just sending us their bad guys. And what are we missing in those three options, Mike? Bad guys were getting a lot from places like Venezuela. They dumped the prisons. I mean, tatted head to toe, the teardrop, the whole works, right? Now, from China, these people tend to be educated. That much is clear. Uh, they tend to be moneyed. I mean, they're paying twenty to $30,000 if they take the hard route. If they take the yes. other route, this is to get to the United States. When I talk with them here at Daring Gap, they've mostly generally they've paid about $20,000 so far last week or about uh, two weeks ago. One man said he had paid $60,000 for his family so far, right. Uh, to get to the Darien gap. Well, I'm going to, 
Go Mike, ahead, I want to I want to put that picture. I'm going to put the picture back on the screen. So what? How do you? So these are all for for those listening on the audio podcast. Um, those are, this is what you're referring to. These are all look like they're in their in their uh, you know twenties to uh, maybe forty years old. Is that about right? Yep. You should have seen a couple of years ago. When you look at a first of all, there wasn't many Chinese a couple of years ago. Uh, I would hear about Chinese like you know three Chinese came through last week or something. I would never see them. It was like Bigfoot. Now it's like everywhere. And, but let me make a point. A couple of years ago, the people that were coming through Darien Gap, they were hunched over. They were dragging their barefoot, a lot of them bleeding, being carried dead bodies. They were stepping over a lot of dead bodies to get through this far. Now look at the condition they're in. Now you look at the videos that I've made and the photos that I've made and whatnot, and you can see they're in good condition, right? They're not being carried. They're not limping around. Very few are limping around, especially the Chinese. The Chinese are in really good condition. They're look how clean they are, right? Mm -hmm. They just came through the Daring Gap. Look how clean they are, right? You know, you should have seen them. I'm telling you, in the past, it was literally like wartime level casualties. I mean, there was. Uh, so many fatalities. Uh, Chuck Holton and I, we were down there. We had a big discussion a couple of years ago about, you know, I asked Chuck, how many people do you think are actually dying as a as a percentage who are coming through Darien Gap? And finally, we we both decided it was probably about 10 percent were literally dying. Right. That's wartime level high. Right. But now the path is much clearer. The Chinese have more money. They hire coyotes. Their women don't get raped and that sort of thing. Now I would say it's far fewer than 1% are dying. It's far fewer. And, and they're coming through in much better condition, right? Especially the Chinese. The Chinese pay more money and they go around most of the Darien Gap by boat, right? And then they come through the shorter path, which only takes about a two-day walk. And their coyotes make sure their women don't get raped. They make sure they don't get robbed. <laughs> I mean, they get robbed when they get to Mexico and whatnot. Or if they take the hard route, they, they'll get robbed like everybody else. Uh, but if they take the easy route, these guys are on the easy route. Uh, look, uh, and uh, uh, you know, the ones who speak English and who will actually talk, uh, they tend to be very dialed into what's going on in Europe. We can talk about all sorts of things, and they're totally, these aren't farmers. I mean, and when, I, when I say farmers, I don't mean uh, like sophisticated farmers who have these 5,000 acre or 50,000 acre farms. I'm talking, these are not sharecroppers, right? These, these are uh, engineers, uh, teachers, that sort of thing. And do you think they're being put out? I mean, what, I mean, if you can, I know it's just an educated guess, but how many do you think are coming for just to come because they want to get the hell out of China? Versus how many you think are being sent here by China? That's a good question. I ask myself that every day and I don't know the question. I don't know the answer. Uh, and, uh, and keep in mind, the ones that we're seeing come through Darien Gap are just one aspect of the flow. If anything, they're a tiny aspect of the flow, right? So it's not like these are the only ones. The ones coming through Atlanta Airport in Los Angeles and San Francisco, the ones who are coming up by boat at Florida at night, we're just not seeing them. The ones who are coming over the Canadian border, many of those, we're just not seeing. Uh, and so you just happen to be seeing these because I know where their choke points are. And actually, there are other routes through the Darien Gap, uh, some of which we've, we've recently become aware of. Uh, and they're it's like capillary systems. So it's not like there's just one flow. This is just mm -hmm. uh, some that we're able to audit. 
but we're being absolutely taken over. Look at New York City. I mean, New York City is being overwhelmed with Chinese coming in, right? Let me, so let me play, we've got another video here. Um, I don't know if you took it, it's about 90 seconds long, um, but it's of buses that are departing the Darien Gap. Why don't we play that clip real quick, Mike, and we'll get you to respond to it. These are the buses heading north to the United States. Six have already left. That's seven that just left. This is eight. They've been going all day, and but they go all day and night. That's eight. They're heading north to the United States. That's Highway One that they're on. This is bus number nine. We're in Darien Gap right now. Actually, we're in Darien. They just left the Darien Gap. So that's bus number nine. Slow getting out. There's number ten. And 11 is behind it. North to America, unvetted people, huge numbers of Chinese, many people from all over the world, including sponsors of terrorism. China's been crystal clear that they plan to replace the world with Chinese people. Okay. They just keep on going. Day and night. Day and night. The border is not closed. It's a lie that the border is closed. Wow. So that uh, was real footage. Uh, those look like brand new buses there. Shiny brand new buses. Where the, where the hell are the buses coming from? Whose are they? <laughs> Where's the money coming from? There's so yeah. many money flows. There's some, where there's OIM or Catholic Charities or Norwegian Refugee Council or highest. Um, uh, oh, you know, the UN has tents just 300 meters, 200 meters from where those buses were coming. Those those buses were coming out of two different camps. The ones that were right in front of me were coming from San Vicente Camp, which is like 200 meters to the right down that dirt road. And the ones that were coming from that was Highway 1, by the way, that goes all the way to Alaska, right? Uh, and down to Yavita. The ones that were coming from my back, those are coming from Las Blancas camp, which is about 10 miles away. And these camps are just uh, every day at this current rate, at least 1200 are coming through every day. But that number is actually, I was told uh, that number has dramatically increased in the last about a uh, week or so. So those of you who are just tuning in, we're talking to Michael Yan. Uh, who's a writer, uh, helps facilitate people all over the globe, but has spent a lot of time in Panama, in the Darien Gap on the border of Panama and Colombia. And uh, Mike, why don't we, so so those were all brand new buses. I mean, each one of those in the United States, those would be, you know, half a million dollar uh, buses. And they those look like they're brand new. Um, have you ever spoke to anyone that's involved, that's, that's like, how far do those buses, what are those where are those buses taking them? They're taking from the border of the Darien Gap into what, Panama City? Uh, they they come from two major camps, Las Blancas Camp, where I'm at all the time, and San Vicente Camp, which was just to the right there, 200 meters away. They From there, they take them up about, uh, well, it depends on the traffic, 11 or 12 hours near David. People who are, are familiar with Panama can look up David. It's near the Costa Rican border. It's about an hour and a half. from the, There's another camp, which I've been up there. They'll stay overnight in that camp usually. 
and uh and it's an it's up in these beautiful mountains up there it's an unbelievable area and and then they get in these tiny buses which hold maybe uh maybe 20 people and then they take them up to the costa rican border and drop them off at this bus station which i've gone there as well and then they walk over the bridge into costa rica and then they're in costa rica that's it so those buses are their final trip or almost final trip they go to that other camp they just stay overnight or, or maybe sometimes they just get off one bus and onto the other and they go straight to costa rica and then they get to costa rica and then what then from costa rica they they go to nicaragua and nicaragua they keep on are they walk are, are they walking they're taking little buses what are they doing Oh, they, many ways they'll take, uh, here, funny you should ask. Here's the map that's handed out with U.S. taxpayer money. And it shows you exactly how to do it. And this is handed out by Red Cross. And in fact, the lady tried to cut off their name on the bottom of it with her, with her scissors. Uh-oh, I'm sorry, the, the, the light's not good. But yeah, it but shows you exactly where to go. I mean, this is Mexico, obviously, in Central America. And it shows you. It has the phone numbers and here, screenshot it. <laughs> Call up some wow. of those numbers, you know. Uh, here, actually, let me give you the QR code and you can look it up yourself and you can get all of it. And you don't have to, you don't have to get a little bit. You can get it all. Here, I'll hold it up for about 10 seconds. Get that, get that QR code. Yeah. And get all those phone numbers and start calling that them all crazy. up. That's crazy. 87. Okay. I'm going to yeah. do that. Keep that held up there because I got to check this out. I'm going to do this live. We can do yeah. this stuff. Okay. Screenshot it, everybody. Res safe. Look, look at that red safe. Yeah, I'll be damned. Red safe exactly. uniplatform digital. There it yeah. is. I got it on my phone. Okay, here I'm gonna wow. give you another one. I don't here. <laughs> get get this one too. Okay. Then, then then you don't have to write all this stuff down. And now this I think this is a new one for this is definitely a first for the Devin Nunes podcast. I don't think we've ever done this one before. Yeah. QR codes. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Where the hey, hell? Here, here's a, here's here's me, another map. Me QR. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Ahead, Where did that one uh, take me to? Me ticket. What is that? Oh, you can get a ticket for photo. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the stuff handed out by U.S. taxpayer money. I mean, it's just like giving it up, giving it all to you. Here it is. Yeah, you can't make up this stuff. I mean, it's, they've got when you get out, when you come out of the jungle they hand out these maps and and again red cross hands these out and red cross la lady took out some scissors and tried to cut off the red cross you know they know they're doing dirt they know what they're doing is wrong red cross is listen stop giving money to the red cross they are enemies of they know these children are being raped and murdered they know that they're being child trafficked. They know the women are being raped and murdered, and yet they do it, right? There's this ombudsman out in the jungle, uh, and he's telling me not to take photos of the children. I'm like, who that are you, right? He's, you know, I'm an ombudsman. I'm like, all right, so why are you in my face in the jungle, ombudsman? You know, and he's like, well, you're not allowed to take photos or videos of the children. I'm like, get out of my face. If you had cared about these children, why would you be facilitating them getting through the jungle and getting raped and murdered and trafficked? Get out of my face. I mean, this is really the kind of stuff you have to put up with this with these people. I mean, they're facilitating it and they've got this sense of entitlement like, oh, well, you, you're not allowed to photograph the son. I'll smash you with this camera. Get out of my face. It's the law of the jungle. I mean, this is the kind of stuff we're putting up with out there. Red Cross is part of this. Look at this stuff. Handing out these maps, how to, how to get to the United States. 
Uh, they're showing people how, which trains to get on to get through Eagle Pass and whatnot. I've been to that train, you know, and, uh, you know, they've got legal tents out there that show them, instruct them on how to act LGBTQ. I, I go into the tents. They, at this point, they, you know, they, they don't want you around. Red Cross and all those people that are trying, that are, this is child trafficking. The U.S. government is, is trafficking children in massive numbers, and, and they're hiding it, and they're threatening you not to take photos down there. And you have to get in their face and get back and get away from me. You know what I mean? Luckily, the mm -hmm. center front defend me. The center front is the Panamanian uh, uh, Border Patrol because they don't like this either. So when I have to push back at these people, the center front actually stands with me. You know what I mean? It's like they don't like They see the children are being raped. They see the people are being murdered and dying in the jungle. And they have hearts, too. These are good people, these Panamanians. And that's the only reason I get away with this. Otherwise, there's Red Cross and somebody else might skin me up out there. <laughs> so where so so you've been uh, sick. Some of your people went back. Um, you've been laid up in the hotel here for, you said, the last week. Um, but wh when are you where are you headed to now? Um, in the next couple of days, you said you're going to go back down into the jungle. I'm going to back, back to Darien Gap tomorrow. Right. And what do you, um, I mean, yeah, we don't, you don't have to give up maybe your sources or what, but roughly, what are you going to be looking at? How long are you going to be there? Just gathering information. And then I'll head back up to Texas, got some meetings and you can see title 42 is about to be dropped. We're yeah. being overwhelmed in Texas border patrol. Just told me this morning, uh, message right here uh uh they are looking at 10 to 13 10 to 13,000 aliens entering per day next month that's a message from a border patrol friend 10 to 13,000 aliens entering per day in may right mm -hmm. now the thing is is once they drop title 42 which is the Basically, we can return them to Mexico, not to get into the details. They're irrelevant. But the bottom line is when Title 42 is dropped, the doors, the gates are open even more. Right. The Panamanians are very worried about that because the Panamanians are like, we're messed up no matter what. In Panama, if Title 42 stays in place, that means these migrants, aliens that are coming through here stay in Panama more. But if Title 42 is dropped, the floodgates open and even more come through and then more stay. No matter what, Panama is being destabilized, right? You, you, you go up to Guatemala and there's villages that are just emptied out because those villages so, are in the United States. Yeah. Before we, so, you know, we're coming up uh, at the end here, but I do want to play one more. We've got one more important video uh, that I want to play for people because it's uh, it's a trailer of 120 beds for a smuggling trip. Let's uh, put that one on the screen. We'll have you comment. Here's the tag frequency, which here's the tag so you can see which um, actual bunk it is. 171, 170. Each of these trailers has about 60 bunks with two beds per bunk. So that's about 120 people per trailer. Wow. So how many? trailers well that's that's just outside the darien gap right or is that one of the camps that was actually you saw those buses that were coming out in front of me that's yep. the camp 200 meters away from where you saw that i made that other video right 
And mm -hmm. so that's called San Vicente camp. That's like the show camp. Like when Mayorkas and others come and they're like, hey, this is where all your money's going to the Red Cross. They got this perfect camp and stuff. But then you get back out into the jungle, man. And it's like law of the jungle, right? So this is mm -hmm. this is the, what are they, what's that Capote show or something? I don't know. I'm, I've, I've been out of America so long. But you know, this is your show. This is your show house basically, right? Yeah, that's uh, really incredible that uh, they, you know, they don't want to have the, remember they they accused the Trump administration of having kids in cages when the reality was it was actually Obama who did that. Uh, and they tried to blame Trump for it. And you're exactly right. I'm sure they go down there and they say, oh, look how humane this is. Well, none of this is humane because they need to just stop it uh, entirely because you've got all of these children and people and everybody thinks it's wide open. And in fact, you know, with Title 42 being dropped, it is going to be wide open, and that's 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 going to start coming here oh, yeah. what, in the next in the next few weeks. As much as Trump drives me crazy on some stuff, he did not get us into any wars. He did close the border pretty well, actually. I mean, there's going to be leak, of course, but it was essentially closed, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and many other things like that. I was in Hong Kong when the when when china took over hong kong right i was there for seven months i'd never seen so many american flags as i saw in hong and trump this trump that everywhere all over hong kong right and i mean and 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 how did they take hong kong i got kicked out of hong kong if you look up my name in hong kong you'll see the hong kong police escorting me to the airport and put me on the airplane right and the 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 point is is in hong kong how did they take hong kong one of the major ways they took it was migration over the years, they had about 100 to 150 Han Chinese coming into Hong Kong every day. Mandarin speaking Chinese, not the Cantonese speaking Hong Kongers. And they slowly took over the schools. Where does this sound familiar? Japan, United States, Canada, Australia, right? They slowly took over the bureauc bureaucracies. They started winning elections or winning. And uh, and they took Hong Kong. I mean, they've taken it, Right. And so this this weaponized migration is very real. It's happening to the United States. They'll take over our schools as they are right now. We're going to have to take it back old school. This is not going to work. I mean, th this, this is we have a constitution. We have to stick with it. Yeah, well, Mike, you've been uh, you know on the forefront of this. I mean, nobody probably knows it more than you. I mean, you've been following it all around the globe. And this is really what true social rumble this is what this is all about you saw tucker carlson the other day uh you know using social media but this is the rise of citizen journalism this is what it's going to take to get around the fake news which is which now dominates where most people get their their information and it's why we exist here at true social and it's to give people like you uh mike a voice and we're so happy to have you on true social but thanks a lot for for being out there on the uh, in the jungle and bringing people, you know, real information from, you know, where you're on the scene. If you want to come down with me, I'll be happy to take you. It's it's safe with me because we're out with the Indians and we're out with Cinefront and I, everybody knows me. Uh, and you know what I mean? So you'll be the, the, the most dangerous thing is <coughs> tuberculosis or something. Right? <laughs> but other than that, we're good to go. <laughs> well, with that, uh, Mike, thanks a lot. It's uh, It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I really appreciate your having me on. This has been a great honor. Well, this is Devin Nunes. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.